You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Spring camp is upon us, everybody. Uh, it's a great time of year. Football is back to some extent here. Uh, Derek, Tyler, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. I miss you guys. We haven't done this for a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Hey, we've been doing uh, the live stream with Generation Pod, uh, Generation yeah. Red Pod. Yeah, I and mean that's, that's and that's fun, but that's it's a, not the same. It's <laughs> yeah, but hey, we got another show with them here in a couple of weeks. I think uh, March 13th. Is that right? I think. I don't know. We'll have to send an email update. I'm not good at dates right now. So we're gonna we're gonna do it on the same day as the time change. Is that right? Yeah. Isn't that usually on Saturday nights? Yeah, after midnight. Well, we're doing Sunday. it on the Sunday night. Whatever the hell the date that well, is, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> well, you usually don't change them over till after midnight, which technically makes it Sunday. Oh, Jesus. Which would be too complicated. Which would be the 13th. Well, and, and there's the, the spring forward uh, <laughs> conversation for the night. So that was a nice first yeah. two minutes of the podcast, y'all. So, yeah, set, set an alarm on your clock so you'd remember to do that, I guess. Uh, guys, spring football is here. You know, we uh, heard from all the coaches and players on Monday. Uh, what did you guys think of Frost? I mean, everybody watched Frost. I mean, there's so much content there. It's like, I mean, it's like three hours, four hours of content. But everybody saw Frost. What did you think, Derek? Yeah. I don't know. It was all coach speak. It was all this, it's the same shit we've heard for the last four or five. That's the last thing. It's the same thing we've heard for the last 10 years. Okay, maybe. But okay. But when you heard Frost speak, did he seem a little bit different than in the, the past years, I guess? Even even last year when he would talk to the media. I mean, was there a different did element seem, about him? Did he seem less stressed, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he was laughing, I I guess. I I don't know. It seems I mean, like he was doing that the first couple of years. Last year he wasn't, but yeah. I mean, Tyler, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I mean, I mean, he didn't kick a turd, uh, which was a great. He thing. didn't kick a turd. <laughs> he talked about kicking turds. No, which I love. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, you always take what you hear in press conferences with a grain of salt. I generally don't like him, but one thing I did find interesting was there was a lot of speculation. Is it Whipple's offense? Was it going to be Frost offense? How were they going to marry the two? And I do think something that was actually factual that was definitive is it seems like they're using frost terminology. Um, they're, they're keeping a lot of the schemes, at least from running similar. So I think that a lot of people, if you were really scared about going full Whipple, it, it doesn't seem like we're doing that. It seems like we're going to keep a lot of the things that maybe worked under the frost offense. Um, which to me that was probably the biggest takeaway, or really the only main takeaway I took from any of the the conversations besides kicking a turd. I did, I did notice that a lot of the players and a lot of the coaches talked about running the ball a lot still, and I is it not the same conversation we've had under Riley under Frost? We're, we're going to run the ball more. We're going to run the ball better. We're going to run the ball. Well, he kind of talked about like the scheme was basically the it, the running scheme was going to be the same. Basically, is what he was talking about. Well, I mean, you know? 
And he said the practice part portion of it wasn't any different, I guess, or something like that. And I've seen people kind of making a kind of throwing a fit about that on Twitter. And I'm like, it's one of those questions that was like, what do you expect him to say? Well, I mean, did you want him tell you exactly what they were doing? We threw everything away, started over. I, I guess I, it's, it's a question I don't know how you answer as a head coach, I guess, any differently than what he did. Yeah. Tyler, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I, I again, I think whenever you're talking about running the ball, I think that there was a comment made. One of the defensive players, I don't, it may have been Ty Robinson, made a comment about how it seemed like the downhill running was going well, and then Frost kind of like shrugged it off like, well, I guess if they think it's a different scheme, that probably means we're executing better because it's the same scheme. Kind yeah, of, yeah. And kind of like brushed it off. Um, yeah, I, I again, all of the execution and everything like that, I kind of take with just – coach speak but when, when it comes down to the terminology I, I do think that is somewhat significant um because good sorry ty robinson's best comment was talking about getting to the quarterbacks and we'll see how they how good they are when we start getting to them or, oh yeah yeah that was his that, best that's pretty funny yeah that's pretty funny uh so speaking of quarterbacks and then the frost conversation did you guys just kind of like you know, kind of look cross-eyed a little bit or, you know, like uh, when he was asked who who took, who took started with the number one snaps and he's like, oh, I don't know. It's like I was with the second team. Oh, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, why, why be coy? Why, why lie about that? You know. I mean, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Why pretend like you don't know? Well, what I think he didn't know is because that's what he's done for the last four years. Why would it be any different? What's well, different is I don't think it would have come out if he didn't have old man Whipple over there throwing out spoilers like that. <laughs> Him and Frost is he's going to be like, uh, just so you know, hey, Whipple, hey, we don't tell people, the media and fans anything. So let's, yeah. let's keep this under wraps a little bit better. Because every and we don't tell them anything because every time we do, they overreact to everything. Oh, so we will talk about Whipple's comments on the quarterbacks later on in this podcast. But yeah, you're, you're right. I, I just thought it was weird that you know Scott Frost. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Of course you know. I mean, you're involved. He's like, I'm not as involved in the offense. You're still involved. You know what the practice. If you know that you're taking, you know the the so-called twos and the younger players. You know what the other guys are doing in practice at that time. You know you know what Whipple's going to do. It is it's kind yeah, of a it, cheesy thing. But, you know? but Whipple did the same thing to an extent because he was basically like, yeah, Casey Thompson was a starter today. Tomorrow it might be somebody else. Well, yeah, he had to. He backtracked a little bit. Yeah, he had to backtrack because he he showed his cards too early. (laughs) I I imagine it wasn't a clip on the media, but I imagine all the media's eyes got really big and like, wait, what? We we actually got insight? (laughs) It's Christmas. Yay. Clickbait. No, but you know what? I I always enjoy all of these, uh, the coaches' interviews and the players' interviews. Just, you know, I mean – you're right. You have to take it uh, for what it is. You know, there's going to be a lot of coach speak, and you know the players are going to try to echo their coaches also with this coach speak. So you kind of really do have to search for the good nuggets because a lot of it's just kind of like bullshit praise and stuff. And you know, there's a lot of excitement. You know, uh, everybody has a new mindset. You hear that every year. Everybody's a lot more. You know, they're getting stronger. They're working out even better. I mean. Everything is top of the line. So, you know, you, just, but, you but, kind of uh, weed through that shit, but it's, it's fine. I like it. 
But you almost have to go back and listen to the interviews because if you just read the articles, they always seem to have a narrative to them. Like they like to throw a lot of quotes out there and not t- not talk about what the question was asked. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're t- yeah. And I listen to every coach. There's, there's never any context in the articles. They're just like, yeah. oh yeah, he said this. By God, and this is what's going to happen. I listened to all the uh, coaches' interviews, and I think I got most of the players. I think, but I mean, who's yeah. A lot of so content, for so, so for everybody out there listening, just either listen to us or listen to the coaches because all the rest of the media sucks. Basically, what we're getting at. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, to move on here, we're going to talk a, a little bit more about uh, some improvements we want to see in the spring, and we're going to be talking, you know, like uh, some position groups and areas that we want to see, but. There's a lot of injuries this spring, and I don't know if we've seen as many injuries headed into a spring as what we're hearing about and what we're seeing this year. I mean, this is a pivotal year under Frost. Uh, it's year five, but with all the new faces on with players and coaches, it almost has this year one type of uh, feel to it, uh, but... And it really is year five, and you have all these injuries, and it's. Remember last year we were, were pretty injury injury riddled too, uh, to to the point where we we finally got to the spring game. We were playing two hand touch. Remember? Yeah, I mean, but you know that seemed th- like that, that happened a... in spring. Like I don't remember going Not really. Like Austin Allen was out for the whole spring, and there was a couple of. I know there was quite a few others too. But I, that, I think but that was a cohesive unit year. that had been that had been playing together. I mean, we're introducing a lot of new uh, bodies, whether they were here or not on the roster last year, or they weren't. They were playing somewhere else. I mean, there's a lot of new faces on both sides of the ball, which is that interesting dynamic. But, Tyler, uh, tell us about some of these key injuries that uh, we have. Yeah, so um, uh, I, I, I did the digging. I went through all the media. I listened to all the interviews, and I, I came up with the – the conclusive injury report heading in the spring ball. So um, I'm going to go through this and try to go quickly. But uh, Travis Vokalek is injured. Um, he is currently battling with a shoulder injury. Uh, he will be practicing, but will have no contact once we pad up. Uh, Gabe Irvin, uh, conflicting reports if he will get any practice time or if he will be out all of spring, still rehabbing the injury from the fall. Uh Two linemen. Can you name the position groups in case I don't know who you're talking about? Yes, I will. Two offensive linemen, uh, Teddy Prohaska and Turner Corcoran, are both going to be out for all of spring. Uh, defensive linemen, let's call them a lineman, or outside linebacker, Damian Jackson, is supposed to be out, possibly coming back towards the end of spring. Uh, Glenn Snodgrass is out, um, possibly coming back to some drills with a foot injury. Uh, Richard Torres uh, is actually starting to practice, but will be limited most of the spring ball. Uh, Casey Rogers will be out all of spring. Luke Reimer is going to be out to the start of spring, possibly all of spring. And newcomer uh, cornerback Omar Brown is going to be out all of spring battling injuries. Wow. That is our injury report. That's- there's only There's only three of those that really concern me. Honestly, Ooh. really, what are yeah. the three? I mean, we know we know what we're getting out of Volkleck. We know what we're getting out of Luke Reimer. I, they, if they miss a spring, whatever. Uh, but Chaska, Corcoran, and and Casey Rogers. 
Those three concern me the most. What about Omar Brown? I, mean, I, I don't know that, that I, I don't know that I penciled him in as a. I mean, sure he's going to battle, but I, I don't necessarily think he's probably going to start at corner. I, I'm with you on Casey Rogers. Um, I, Casey Rogers is huge because I mean the D line's already pretty thin, and he was injured. And last you expected year. you expected a lot out of him anyway. And he was injured last year. I mean, th- this is now two years in a row. This guy's been showing injuries, like. It's kind of like Travis Vokalek. I know you said you weren't concerned with him, but, like, I mean, is is it to the point when you start seeing these guys, I mean, two years in a row being I, I injured? Think, well, I'll also say this. I think we probably have better tight ends behind him anyway. That's pretty bold, considering, I mean. What, what, what has Travis Vokalek done, honestly, in playing time, that makes you so concerned? What makes him so irreplaceable? I'm not saying that, but he is the most experienced tight end on the roster. Oh, absolutely he is. But he's played in, what, like five games since he's been here because he's been hurt the whole time? Well, yeah, he's battled injuries too, but, I mean, it, it's not a guy that you want to see. Uh, no, but I, th- I, think, I don't think missing a spring is going to be. If he's still injured. No, that, that's fair. If that's he's still fair, injured come fall, then, then maybe it's a different story. It's but still he can a miss new a spring offense. and we're fine. Well, but, yeah. it's, 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 it, and again, with Vokalik, I think it is important to note, though, he is not out for the spring. He, he is, right. he is of, right. of the guys that are I named, he is one of the few that is going to participate. Um, it just seems like he had a shoulder injury and no contact. Um, so. I guess from the the knowledge of the playbook and all that, I guess that probably gives you maybe, maybe bridges that gap a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I again, I don't, I, I'm with Derek. The, the the concerning ones, I think you hit the three. I mean, those are the three guys that are like, okay, what are we doing on offensive line? Well, you're out two starters, and and, and again, I both of those guys I have penciled in as starters, but like, let's be real, like they're both really young. And if you can't practice, how much can you lift? How much can you get stronger? How much can, I mean, it's not just about the reps, which those are really important for young guys, but there's also an element like, I mean, are they going to be, they're not full grown men yet. They still need to hit that weight room. They still need to develop physically. Um, I, I, again, I, I I think that to me is like, how long is that? Cause I, they're both not doing anything from all capacity except rehab right now. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk about some improvements we want to see in the spring. Uh, Tyler, we're going to start with you, and uh, you, you like uh, you want to see the pass rusher. So, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I, I think when I look at this defense, like I, I'm a little bit bullish on what I think the 2022 defense could be. Um, but but an area of concern to me is definitely our secondary. I mean, I think we're replacing Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, Markel Dismuke and Deontay Williams. I think that's a big thing. And if our defense is going to take a step forward, I think it's going to a lot come from the front seven and generating a pass rush. Um, I mean, I know people that don't really follow Nebraska football day in, day out, say we run a 3-4. If, if you're one of those people, we don't. We are no longer running a 3-4 defense. We have transitioned to more of a 4-3. Um it seems like the outside backers have come up, and what does that do? Does does Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner, you know, can they emerge as 
solid pass rushers. Um, where do we get that from? Because I don't see our secondary being as good as last year. And if we're going to have as good a defense or a better defense as I think we could have, it has to come from there. So I, I, I love that they had a couple of those guys and they were talking about getting after the quarterback and they were talking about doing that in the spring. And I like the mindset, but this is an area where we haven't thrived under Shander. Say that his defense has gotten better year in, year out, and that's true. The pass rush hasn't. It's right. really, really. Oh, and so it's something that I really think we need to start seeing this fall, this spring, um, how these guys develop on the edges. I mean, you talk about that. The pass rush is almost abysmal. We're, we're 101st in, uh, with 20 sacks. We're ranked 101st in the country. And, and let me tell you, this is, this, I found this stat like really crazy for me. Out of those 20 sacks, 19 of them came in conference games. We only had one sack in non-conference games. And that was against some weak competition. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you'd think you'd get a couple against Fordham or Buffalo. I don't know about I don't know about Oklahoma, but you'd think you'd come up with some there. And we only Did we have sack. seven against Illinois? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. So, so I mean. It, Derek, it, it who was, was our sack concerning. leader last year? Do, do you have that? I, 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 I know Fladarius Payne was in that category, and he won't be either out. So, um, no. I, yeah. I, I want to say it was it was either Tanner or Nelson. I want to say. I'll have it. I'll have it up here in just a second. Yeah. But, uh, but, but 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 to, but to make things even worse, like we're we were ninety third in uh, tackles for loss. We we really only had twenty six quarterback hurries, and. And listen, here's an, here's another crazy stat for you. 22 of those 26 quarterback hurries were at home. We only had four quarterback hurries on the road last really? year. Yeah. Man, that's some that's some good digging right there for you, Derek. I mean, what right. would you pull these stats out of your ass? I mean, that that's some that's some good info C- right there. cfbstats.com, baby. That's where I get wow. all the stats. That is that is very interesting, but yeah, I think Pass rush. I don't think you'll find a Nebraska fan out there that feels like uh, we've been very good with a pass rush. And to, to answer your question, Garrett Nelson was by far our leader in sacks. Okay, what did he have? He had five sacks. Five sacks. Ah, okay. And then we and then we had four guys tied with two after him. I tell you what, Garrett Nelson. He spoke to the media yesterday, or what's today? Tuesday. Yeah, yesterday. That dude. I mean, he is jacked. I mean, he is absolutely ripped. I mean, I I, I absolutely love this kid. Like he comes in, he can barely speak because he's his voice is so raspy. And they're like, "Well, what happened? Why well, was yelling too much on the field?" He, but like, he, he's like that in every interview. I mean, oh, every I know, time he gets in front of the camera, he looks like he just had the best day of his life. You know, when when you see him in football <laughs> games, he, I mean, he, he is he is the Ric Flair of of Husker football. Oh yeah, every every day <laughs> is the best day of his life, and you just love his motor and all that stuff. The way that kid has grown, you know, from coming here early, you know, he he was like a fan favorite when he first hit Nebraska. He'd get on the field and he had a motor that wouldn't quit. You know, there was a, you know a little bit of concerns like. You know, he may not know where the hell he's going, but just let him do it. I mean, he's he's going a hundred <laughs> miles an hour, and he's going to hit somebody. I mean, he and, and, and he may te- be away from the ball, get, but his technique is getting better. Oh, like way he, better. He's, he's he's getting to a point where he needs where he knows where he needs to be. Yeah, yeah. He he knows the offense and that motor, but that whole 
attitude that he just brings to the table is a tremendous leader for that defensive uh, on that defensive side, and it's I, I just oh, love yeah. hearing and, his and, and now that he's getting to be an upperclassman. Yeah, and he, he's got the voice to do it. He's got the he's got the will to do it. Attitude. I mean, it's well, great. And, he and, is and his play. If, if he if he's if he's not a captain this year, I'll I'll shit my pants. <laughs> He'd probably do that anyway, but but the, the last thing on Garrett Nelson is is it, you guys all hit it. His attitude has always been there. His play, I mean, like last year he took a really big step forward. So so to me, I you know while this is something that I definitely think we need to prove in pass rushing, and Caleb Tanner's another guy where I thought last year he started to come into his own. Like I do have a lot of optimism that we this is the year I think we do find a pass rush. Um, I really, I really do. I think t- you know Ty Robinson in that front. I mean, he talked about getting after the quarterback. I, I, I you know, I think that yeah, I think this is the year we can find it. Uh, but but it's probably the most critical year we've had without a Cam Taylor Britt in the secondary. Well, and that's just the thing. Like we have the athletes to get the pressure. I mean, you got Garrett Nelson out there with Ty Robinson, and if you get K- uh, healthy Casey Rogers out there, all of them have been good at getting to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean. It's just a matter of putting it all together. The only, the only knock that I'm going to have on that whole defensive front is, I mean, there's some great names there, some you know, uh, great players, but it's like really one deep. I mean, when you get down de- to de- that second de- level, depth is definitely an issue. Depth is definitely yeah, when you get issue. down to that second level, they don't have the experience it, for one, and they're going to get that experience. But right now, on paper. You know, you don't feel good after those number ones. I, for me anyway. I mean, do you guys feel different, Tyler? No, I, I you know, especially at that end position. You know, I like I think Blaine Gunderson um, has the potential. I, I'm pretty high on him, and and I, I do like that that freshman core of defensive linemen. Um, you know, I, I I think Black is really good. Uh, Buckley, I I do think there's some guys in that. That that have pretty good potential. It's just all potential. It's all it's potential. That's, that's all, it's but, all but potential. when you're talking about freshmen, I mean, Nash, when you're talking about freshmen, the old po- the, that, that's what you're talking about is potential. The, the old polar bear himself, Nash Hutmacher. Like I think he could be great when it comes all said and done, but he's got to prove it still. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he played he played a little bit last year and looked good at what he, when he was doing it, but I mean. It was limited play, but but, but, so but that's you, because you had Ben Stilley, Deontay Thomas, and Damian. No, Daniels. I get it. Absolutely, so, absolutely. And you're not going to give him more playing time than you are no, those guys. Not, I mean, not at that juncture, no. So he's got to get some experience, but I, I, I'm I'm hoping that potential can come through faster than what we probably really. I mean, we need it to come through faster. Hey, in ten years, Nash is going to be on the uh, world's strongest band contest. Well, so, Justin, I'll, I'll say this on the defensive line depth. When you start talking about like defensive end is more concerning than tackle to me at this point, but that that that's not the depth position on this roster that got me scared, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But the the defensive line is concerning, but not not number one. Okay, review for what's to come. All right, uh, let's move on to the next one, Derek. Uh, one of the improvements you want to see is about the red zone offense. Why? Oh man! Well, you know it's it's so crazy because the the red zone offense wasn't very good last year. I don't know if you guys realize this. Uh, you sure we were about that? Yeah, we were 106th in the country. And here here's the problem with it: 
most of the problem with the special team or uh, the uh, red zone came into special teams, and I, and I know we're going to talk about that too. But uh, we were 106th in the country in red zone uh, percentage at 77 percent, but we were 37th in attempts, so we were getting down there just plenty of times. Uh, we were 59th in scores, so we weren't scoring. But we were 34th in touchdowns. So, I mean, we did well when we got down there to get in the touchdowns. It was the field goals where we really, really struggled of getting into the red zones. And I understand nobody wants to settle for field goals. But we were 116th in field goal percentage. Like, the the, the, the percentage of scoring a field goal when you're in the red zone. Yeah. So, I mean, there were some missed field goals in there, and that, that – that, killed our red zone percentage uh there were times but there are also times that scott frost is like why well, ain't going for a field goal i've had this kicker miss too many so now we gotta go for it on fourth down and you don't make it so that kills your red zone percentage so i mean but the red zones it's it's got to get better like you can't be 107th in the country in red zone percentage like, like it's not it's not feasible you don't win games doing that and, and the play call, the play calling has to change too, and that's going to happen with Mark Whipple. You know, he's going to bring another element, you know, to uh, the equation here, where you know it's not going to be on Scott Frost, but you know, uh, and I think that's going to have it's it's going to improve just based off of that. Ultimately, I think the Mark Whipple effect there, calling plays in the uh, red zone, will help out. And. and- but again, we're we're a top forty team in, in in touchdown percentage. Yeah. Inside the red zone, I mean, the touchdowns weren't the problem. So I don't think play calling is necessarily the huge issue here, as much as what special teams killed us in there. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Uh, Tyler. Yeah, I was just gonna echo that. Like, I, I don't remember what it was, and Derek, I think you have the stats more than I do. But I, I think the stat I saw, we were top two in the Big Ten in touchdown percentage. Um, so I mean, were we, yeah, I mean, we did a pretty good job compared and, and again, I was trying to find it real quickly and you came to me, but like the, the, from, we did pretty well to Derek's point when we got in there, it wasn't like we were turning the ball over. It wasn't like we were just, we, we actually, we actually led the big 10 with 66% touchdown yeah. percentage. So, I mean, it, no kidding. So, wow. it, so it wasn't like we got there and just had these turnovers. It was every time we had a kick and we couldn't, but. But we were last in field goal percentage at eleven percent. That's awful. And and so and you look at when you lose all the one position games. But to to Derek's point, I think this is obviously we've talked about this at length. I feel like this is one of those segments that we could almost put on repeat from previous years. Like we have to do, we have to execute. We're a really good team, except when situations matter. And in the red zone, we just we like to shoot ourselves in the foot. And the other thing with the red zone offense is last year we our go to play in the red zone was that quarterback power. We we drew we pulled the tight end. We had the leading running back. I mean, yeah. I don't think we're going to do that with any of the quarterbacks on this roster. I, I think the Whipple effect is going to be almost a negative with their go to goal line play for the last four years. Um, I mean, what? Are, how are we going to generate those touchdowns? I think that that is a really big question mark to me. Um, th- this is where losing Adrian Martinez is a factor, and it wouldn't be a Husker podcast without me slipping Adrian Martinez into a take. <laughs> uh, 
At least you're aware I, of that. I'm, a, I'm aware of it. Roast me on Twitter, but uh, but yeah. So I am. So my improvement uh, in the spring is is special teams, kind of like uh, Derek, and you you laid it out great. You know where where we sucked. You know the kicking game, the punt game wasn't consistent. Uh, but you know what, Bill Bush. That dude, when he spoke yesterday, that dude is a breath of fresh air. I mean, I have full confidence in him. And, you know, when, when he was speaking, you know, he's given like all the analytics. And, you know, he's like throwing out stats like, well, if a punt is between 39 and 41 yards, whatever it was, it could have been bullshit for all I know. Uh, but, you know, he's like <laughs> quoting this stuff and it sounds good. It sounds good, you know, but... It's kind of like the thing is like, you know, 67% of all statistics are made up on the spot. He may have been doing that, but it sold me. Uh, one of the things he talked about uh, to the meat of it, though, was talking about punt returner, you know. And uh, he talked about guys like Trey Palmer uh, from LSU. You know, we know what he did at LSU. I mean, he, he was pretty good. He returned a punt for a touchdown. He talked about Oliver Martin would be in the mix, which... You know, it's not a good thing, but he at least he hey, never fumbled the ball. Throw him in when you need a fair catch. Yeah, great, great for fair catching. Uh, you know, Brody Belt was another name, and you know, I mean, we saw flashes of him uh, last year. He did fumble the ball, but Tommy Hill, you know, the, the uh, uh, quarterback transfer from uh, Arizona. You know, I mean, that there those guys are in the mix for punt returner and. Uh, I, I mean, I, I feel I really like Trey Palmer in that position. Tommy Hill, I think Tyler, I think you might have alluded to the fact that he could be in the contention to return yeah. punts. And uh, but yeah, I, Bill Bush, he kind of confirmed it. Uh, I just like the way that Bill Bush explained everything. He was also on Hell Varsity Radio last night, and he's I just love hearing that guy speak. I mean, he just. He knows what he's doing. He's been doing this forever. He knows the game of football. And uh, when he talks about special teams, I mean, it's it's meaningful. And I really hope since I've been one of the guys that, you know, has always crucified Scott Frost for not having a real special teams coach, you know, whether he wants to do an analyst or a part-time guy, having a full-time guy that is dedicated to this job, I'm really looking forward to the improvements. What, one of the other things that Bill Bush was talking about is his uh, relationship with Sam Cook, who's still punting in the NFL, you know, 17 years. And he's like picking his brain about like the routine of punters, uh, you know, because that's a, that's a lot of it. You know, special teams guys, they stand around a lot. They're standing around just waiting to be used. And then, you know, how, how do you coach them? They can't be kicking all the time. And so he's picking his brain on what makes him successful. I'm, you know, and he alludes to the fact that not every special teams or, or punter or kicker they're the same. Everybody's a little bit different, but it's like all the downtime. What do you work on? How do you work on it? You know, I mean, he's picking the right brains. He's you know talking to the right people, and he's conveying it to these guys. And so, uh, I have full confidence in him, and I think special teams is going to be like really good not just average i think they're going to be really good under bill bush and uh it's i don't know i'm excited 
Do you guys have anything to offer? Oh, 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 do I ever. You know me and special teams, baby. Here's why it needs to improve. I got I counted five games that we lost last year because that I would put at least a good portion of it on special teams last yeah, year. You're right. Uh, Illinois, we had two missed, two missed extra points, a safety on a punt return. We only averaged 34.4 yards per punt. Like It was an atrocious special teams day. Yeah. Oklahoma, two missed field goals, a missed extra point. Uh, we did we did average 50 yards per punt on that game. That was one of our best games. Uh, Michigan State, we all know that game. Shit, we gave up punt return for a touchdown. Killed us. And that literally lost us the game. Uh, we only averaged 32 yards per punt in that game. Uh, they, and they were averaging 28 yards per kickoff return. I mean, special teams killed us in that game. Uh, Iowa, a block punt for a touchdown. And, oh, we, we only kicked 30.5 yards per game, uh, per punt on that game. Yeah. Of course, that black, block punt really kind of killed that, too. But either way, Wisconsin, you give up a touchdown on a kickoff return. Yeah. You know, and we only averaged thirty-eight yards per punt on that, or per per punt on that in that game. I mean, Jesus, just give me an average special teams in those five games, and you win probably all five of them. Yeah. And so, 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 yeah. I mean, special teams is the number one thing that needs to improve. And and I and I do like Bill Bush. Like I, I I think he's a good hire. I think he will turn it around fast. I don't want to get everybody's hopes up and think that it's going to be a hundred percent turnaround right away but it's it's got to improve one of the things that he said and i i don't know i I listened to the interview and i just don't know the context he talked about matt masker was on punt coverage or or kickoff coverage and i just don't know i i I think you're taking it differently than what everybody else was because the way I'm taking it is like they're using everybody. They're using everybody on the shelf. They're even dipping into the quarterback room of the quarterbacks that aren't going to play. Like they're trying to find anybody and everybody who can play on special well, teams. Well, and I actually took it a different way than both of you. I took this as like Matt Masker is a guy that like no one really thought. I mean, let's be real. He's never going to take a meaningful snap at quarterback. He probably will never take another snap at quarterback again his time in Nebraska. But. He took he took a snap he last year. He took a snap year. last year, and I think that he's always been that guy that, I mean, spring game wonder. I think good for him trying to find a way to get on the field. Like maybe this is a capacity too. And I also and I love the rhetoric, and I know this is this is coach speak, and this is well, the rabbit hole. But the the comment that it it's like an elite club to be on special teams, and he referenced his time at LSU. How you know you have starters, and you know we've heard this over and over, but. And I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know if you if we're going to roll out eight starters, you know, defensive starters on special teams. But I, I, I don't know. Listening to him talk, I believe that we are closer to really committing the special teams more than we ever have. I, 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 I agree too. But when I heard that you know a backup quarterback was on. Uh, kickoff coverage and you know what maybe maybe matt masker's like hey i want i want to get on the field i want to play you know can i do try me out at punt or kickoff coverage you know i just want to get on the field if it's his choice 
you know, and he wants to be behind that decision. But if they're like tapping into the ranks, like whether to make a point, like everybody's available to play, even quarterbacks. Well, that that's bullshit, and I think that's kind of like a waste of. Right. He, he actually said it's a waste of a rep actually, in practice. If, if you have limited, that, that, that's reps. fair. That's fair. But I believe Bill Bush even made the comment that everybody's available, well, except for maybe quarterbacks. Yeah, and then then somebody else made the fact that Matt Masker was was in on that kickoff return. So I mean, kickoff yeah, coverage. I mean, so so Bill Bush is. I mean, he didn't even mention quarterbacks as being somebody to tap into. Like that was just. I don't know who found out or how how they found well, out. Well, I mean, that he, he, Matt, Matt, I think he's the one that said it. I think he's the one that said we had a quarterback in, you know run run well, down maybe, the green jersey, I, and he was asked who it was, and he said it was Matt Masker. Uh, maybe, maybe I missed that part, right? But I do know there was one part where he said it's probably around the same time uh, where he said that you know everybody's going to be involved except for maybe quarterbacks. Yeah. But I think if you're going to make a point that everybody is available you know, to play special teams, you don't make that statement with a, you know, a fifth string backup quarterback. You make that statement with a starter, you know, your best players, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I, unless it's, you know, if Matt Masters like, Hey, I want to get on the field. Can I do this? You know, I mean, then I, then, okay, give him a shot. Give but him I a think shot. The reason, I think the reason he didn't mention a starter is because I think that was, a given in his mind, like in his mind, he's like, well, of course the starters are going to be part of this process. I mean, but we've heard that before. We've heard that. Uh, we've heard right. that. Mickey before. Joseph said the same thing. Yeah, Mickey he Joseph. said all his wide receivers are going to be involved in the special teams. Well, I mean, uh, the last guy said it too. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but Travis the last guy, no, the Lube. last offensive coordinator. Luper. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. He Matt said Lube. the same thing. And again, I think I, th- it, 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 it the, the guy before him said it too. I know Walters. I mean, he said it too. I, all, all these coaches are saying the same thing. All, all my guys are going to be involved in special teams. Yeah, it's, you, it's, you know, who, got, yeah. You, you know who doesn't say that? The offensive line coach and the defensive line coach. Other than that, everybody else is. Oh yeah, my guys are going to be involved in special teams. And a quarterbacks coach never says that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair. That's fair. I, I just but, want to touch on just just, just hold on. I just I just want to add a little bit more to this. Like it's not like uh, Bill Bush has nothing to work with, you know. On, on punt returns that we gave up last year, if you take away that Michigan State game, and it was only one punt return that we allowed in that whole game, it just happened to be a touchdown. But if you take away that one game, we only we only gave up six point three yards per return, which would have ranked forty eighth in the country. You give me that all day long, all day long, I can live with that. Kickoff returns, it was kind of the same way. You take away Wisconsin, and it goes from 24 to 19, and all of a sudden you're ranked uh, 50th in the country. I, I can live with those. I can live with those numbers. But you can't do that. So, unfortunately, we ranked 111th in kickoff returns uh, on or against us and 92nd in punt returns. So, and I can't live with those numbers. But so, just give me that one extra game that we just don't screw up in that one game. Yeah, because because the rest of the year we did pretty good at, with covering punts and kickoffs. So that portion I think is already or, already fairly well in place. It, it's just getting getting some returns on punts and punt returns, or on, on punts and kicks. Get me some returns because we can't do that. We've known that for a while. 
Uh, Tyler, do you have anything else to add on special teams? No. Okay, so let's let's move on to like improvements, you know, and uh, let's do a position group focus here. Uh, Tyler, you know, you, you had talked about that you want to talk about offensive line. Well, I mean, you talk about depth at defensive line. Don't look on that other side of the ball because it, it is scary. Um, you know, we, we knew we knew the, the, the coach that had the, we were probably the most questionable about, and he has not been left with a lot to work with. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is the position. I think we would all agree. I think there there's everything is battling for second after offensive line. Um, we, we, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and with two presumably two presumable starters out, um, as I mentioned in Corcoran, uh, Corcoran and Perhaska, um, it, it's a, it's a uphill battle, but I think we're really intriguing is center. We're obviously replacing cam Jurgens. Uh, Trent Hickson had performed at center all of last year. He had moved over from guard a couple years ago. Uh, early reports is Ethan Piper has moved over to center, which I think is a really good move for him. But I, I don't know if I'm doing backflips and optimism with that. Uh, so, and, and maybe he'll fit better at center. But um, yeah, I mean, th- th- this offensive line is scary. And, and, sorry, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, yeah, that center's position is very scary because we don't, we haven't had a center on our team uh, in a, in a long time. I mean, well, Cam Jurgens. Yeah, but he wasn't even a center. He was a tight end that moved over to center. It, we have we have not recruited a center in a long. That's time. That's fine. It, it, the, the last center that we recruited was uh, Farniok's brother. Will, Will Will was recruited as a center. I so the Cam Jurgens thing. I understand he was a tight end, but when you end up being a guy who's going to get drafted the NFL at center, end up working out okay. So so like I get he wasn't recruited. No, you're you're right because he's a very athletic yes. kid, and I and I'm not saying that moving a kid over to center can't be okay because obviously I can. Yes. And, and, but we also, but we also know what Cam Jurgens did his first year and a half, and we also know the struggles that he went through to get to where he was. And so it's a very scary thought when you're sitting here talking about moving a kid over from guard to play center, or moving a kid from anywhere to play center at this point because they haven't snapped the ball. So, so, so the snaps, I maybe I'm just like not given that enough credence, but like that doesn't scare me as much. I, I really feel like that was an isolated thing with Cam Jurgens. Like I I think Ethan Piper will learn how to snap the ball. But, but he's also got to be able he's also got to be able to make the calls. Because yes. that's a very important thing on as a center in in football. I, there's a lot of things a center's gotta do and it's a lot of pressure to put on a kid that's never played center. Let's not forget if it does happen to be Ethan Piper He's also not played a lot of uh, offensive line because he was a defensive lineman in, in high yeah. school. Yeah, well, he probably played both ways in high school, but um, but but I'm sure he took some offensive line. I, I guess my, my thing is, and Trent Hickson is probably not a bad situation. I mean, but to me, like center is obviously the biggest question mark, but guard, like the, the thing that's really intriguing about this camp is you you know you don't have two starters. But you have a lot of guys that you've been hearing the, the, the conversation with like a Keith Williams and Hunter Anthony. Well, they could play guard or tackle. Well, you've got to start figuring out where these guys fit and getting them reps. Like, I mean, th- it's good to get people reps at different positions, but like you can't be, I don't know. I don't think that you can be sitting there every day of spring ball and say, 
hey, I'm going to try you at right guard. Hey, I'm going to try you at left guard. Hey, I'm going to try you at right tackle. Like, I think you've got to start trying to figure out where do these guys fit to start putting the puzzle together. So, and then hope both of the, your tackles come back healthy and maybe you move Corcoran to center. Maybe you move him to guard. But, like, you've, you've got to start figuring and, and out where I, these guys I, fit. I, I, I have to tell you, I do not love that move of Turner Corcoran at center. I, I don't love that move. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he turns out to be. Maybe they do move him to center. He becomes the best center we've had since. Uh, I don't know, Dave Remington. So, but I just don't see it happening. I, I just. Okay, so let's just focus on him for a second. So I I, I was thinking about this the other day. So we we all think he is going to be a starter, right? Corcoran's going to be a starter somewhere. Absolutely, he's going to be a starter on that offensive so, line. I, so, do, I can't see us. I can't see a scenario where he's not. So, a starter. do you go into fall ball? He's not playing anything in spring. Do you go into fall ball and say, "I'm going to give you guys three options. One, you play tackle. You know tackle. We're going to put you at tackle, and we're going to force you there. Two, do you sit there and say, "Where is the biggest gap that we still don't have a guy after spring ball? We tried all these guys around. We still have a gap at center. We still have a gap at guard. We still have a gap at tackle." Or three, do you get there and say, what are you actually best at? Like, what which position do you actually thrive the most at? Like, do you try to put him in his strengths? Do you put him at tackle because he's familiar? Or do you try to use him to fill a gap? What do you do with Corcoran when it comes time for fall ball? Justin? it You know, the coach speak answer to this is, I want to play the best five guys I want to get them on the field, right? So you fill but, gap. But, you know, but what you're saying, there's a lot of merit to it. There's a lot of chess that goes involved in it. Because the best five guys, you know, if you got like three guys, I'm just making up numbers here. If you got like three or four guys that really excel at uh, guard, but not tackle, but they are the best linemen at guard i mean you can't move them out to tackle just because you know they're still one of your top linemen if they don't excel at that position you have to play that position right so the top five linemen may not necessarily be you know the top five overall because they have to go into that position so in turner corcoran you know i mean i guess it i guess it really depends i mean if you have if he's playing tackle, but you already have two tackles that play comparable to what he can play, you know, is it worth throwing him at center? I, I mean, maybe, but if if he's better than the the other tackles, I don't know. There's, I, I don't know. I, 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 think, I don't know I think the right that's, answer to that, and I'm glad I don't I think, get paid to it. I think where that scenario comes in is is he the best center? Because I mean, and obviously that's the question here, but. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you can have two tackles that can play as well as he does, and he's the best center, then obviously that's the best move. But, yeah. Derek, my scenario is I, I agree he, with that. he might be the best lineman we have at every single position. Like, the, I mean, the, I mean, I, I but but he but he was one of the lowest PFF ranked offensive tackles in the country last year. Well, I mean that, I mean that that so I mean he didn't he didn't really excel at tackle. Fair. And 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 again, I, I I'm using this. Again, Rail is going to get a lot of shit this year. I mean, there's a lot of eyes on him. I, I guess my and, point... And, and well, to, <laughs> to, to, to add to what Justin was saying before we get into that, I also want to add that 
I the, the whole best five putting the best five linemen out there was more of a Greg Austin thing. Like that was what Greg Austin always wanted to do. Get the best five linemen out there. That was said today though. Or, or yesterday. I, I mean the okay, coaches I, said I, that. I, I I maybe I missed that, but I I don't know. I I, I will say this. I, I like hearing that he's teaching more of an attacking blocking style rather than a wait for the blitz to come in and try and make the block. Uh, so, well, Greg Austin apparently teaches a zone blocking as opposed to an attacking blocking. It, I, I would much rather the attacking blocking start. Let's start. Let's start counting pancakes again. Okay, so there's two things I got to unpack. So the, the whole zone blocking scene, this is one of those things that like, I'm going to put my football ignorance up. Because when I hear this, I mean, I, I was a mediocre high school lineman, right? Like, I, I mean, you know, but I, I just think of zone blocking. Like, if you told me I needed to go stand somewhere and then block, like, I don't know what that means. Like, what I tried to do is go hit a linebacker. Like, I don't understand what zone blocking really looks like in run. I've never understood well, apparently, that. Apparently. Apparently, neither did any of our uh, offensive linemen. You're right. You're 100% right. So so the, the whole attacking thing is like, it, it goes back kind of like to when uh, the new, the new uh, Zach Duvall came in and lifted. You heard some of the stuff that happened in the weight room. Like, I don't understand what they were doing, but it doesn't sound like that was a thing. Like, it, it's, it just doesn't sound <laughs> like that was actually a real thing. Like, so either I just don't understand it. So. There's that, and then then you go to the like the the question back on the the, the Rayola thing, and 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 this will probably be another segment which Connor just record this. I'll probably say this ten times. Like he is probably going to take flack because he may not be ready for the job. There is not a coach on this roster that has a more difficult job than him. Like it. He would. Oh, he has definitely put in the worst situation. I mean, you by you far. literally gave him a glass of piss and told him to make a good beer out of it. Like, I mean that that is literally what you did. I mean, it's not 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 only that, but you said you you also said this like you have two good offensive linemen, but you can't have them yeah. so far. So good luck trying to figure out who your five linemen is, what that looks like, <laughs> get synergy, like so anything. Rayola has one hell of a mountain to climb. Everybody knew his resume coming in. It was not an impressive resume. Uh, you know, grad assistant at Notre Dame, one year at a Division three school, and, you know, just an assistant offensive line coach at the Bears, right? That was a huge question mark. Uh, a big rebuild for this offensive line, an offensive line that was probably the worst in our lifetimes that we've seen at Nebraska, probably in our uh, father's lifetimes, right? And... For all of the issues that we had within inexperience, Donovan Rayola did himself no favors uh, when he spoke to the media yesterday. I mean, if you were on the fence with that, there's nothing that he said that's going to give you a warm and fuzzy that he knows what he's doing. The inexperience shows when he was speaking to the media. You know, we heard a lot of great coaches speak of. You know, uh, the new coaches that came in, you know, the existing coaches. And when you get down to Donovan Rayola and the way that he speaks, and he's so unsure of himself, of of what's going on. Uh, He didn't know who Cam Juergens was. He was asked a question about Cam Juergens. 
he had no idea who the hell he was. I mean, he gave the expression like he just got caught not doing his homework. Had no freaking clue on what he was doing. The only time that he got comfortable is when at the end when they were talking about his fandom on how much he loved Nebraska. So everything that he did, I have no idea. Scott Frost said that, yep, uh, we're going to go with Donovan Rayola when they hired him. He crushed the interview. And he was like, okay, well, he he better have because his, his experience sucks. I have no idea how he crushed the interview because it there's no warm and fuzzy that this is guy. I don't, I don't know how he's going to relate to some of these young kids. I mean, he's just... See, Justin, I think you're going a little bit... His interview wasn't got great yesterday. Like, a little bit... It was I heard, terrible. But... But I've also heard clips any of good interviews with him, and and we can't like let, let's have you have clips or have you like read like tweets? I've, like I've read sound segments. Bites. I've read segments of him. Okay, and, and you, I think seen... he, I think I listened to him when he was on. I think he did something with Sean Callahan when he first was hired. I, I don't if I got the media member wrong. I I just I I don't. It was bad. That he didn't know. And again, I don't know. It's maybe, terrible. Maybe, maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't hear. The guy say Cam Jurgens, maybe. No, 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 no. Let's, let's give him some. Th- I, I just no. I, I, I am not going to be the guy who sits there and says I don't really take too much, uh, too much stock in the press conferences. And if someone has not a great interview, I'm going to be like, well, shh, yeah, got to get rid of him. I, I think that's a bit of an overreaction. He, he was asked right off the bat. It's like, how is it supposed to look on day one? He's like, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> Again, but but I don't think that. Well, of course, he is not sure because he's never done this. Yeah. It, this is a way too big of a job for him. And with this offensive line rebuild, I mean, I'm I'm not sitting here thinking it's like, oh yeah, we're in good hands. I mean, if you listen to it, you, your takeaway cannot be as like offensive line is in good hands. Let them roll. It, it, it's it can't be. If it is, you're just drinking way too much Kool-Aid, and you're just like the ultimate homer right there. I mean, there's no warm and fuzzy right there. The worst coaching interview I've ever heard in my life for a for, for a Nebraska assistant. I've never heard a Nebraska assistant. You might as well have put like a grad assistant out there and had him answer the questions because he probably would have had more confidence in knowing how to answer Woo! questions. Justin's on a roll, boys. I'm hey. <laughs> I, I and, listened and, to and it. You're right, and, and I listened to it what, twice. That's probably what his second interview he's done with the media. Too big of a stage, Cause man. Because he, he never he never did it in Chicago. I guarantee you, Aurora, Illinois, and they didn't have press conferences like this. Yeah, and he damn sure didn't answer any questions at Notre Dame. But but he doesn't exude the confidence that you want to see from I don't a need, football I coach. Honestly give, and, and I can't remember who it was. You, it was, you know I what? Two Greg Gossett's exuded all the confidence in the world and still couldn't. Yeah, coach. I, I give two shits. So show show me on the yeah. field. Show me on the field. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're right. But it's like you know, going back and forth with Jeffrey the Greek on about it. He says all they need to do. He said, all they need to do is just take the microphone away from that guy. <laughs> Don't let him ever speak again. I, again, I, I, we'll see. Hopefully he evolves in that. I, I really give two shits what he says. Derek's right. He's got a tough job ahead of him. But it's how he says it. You know, it, it, all the coach speak is, you know, what you say, but it's, it's how you say it, too. 
and you have to show some confidence. One of the coaches, I, I, I don't recall which one, but you know they they alluded to the fact like you know players can see through some bullshit. You know you have to you have to be honest with them, but they see through the bullshit. I mean, I don't know how he relates to talks to the players or anything. But if it's anything like that, they're going to sniff through that bullshit real quick. Like, But the thing is, I mean, granted, it's early and we don't know anything, don't know much yet. But from what the offensive linemen are saying, they seem to love the guy. Like, Well, they're better at coach speak and player speak than he is. <laughs> and that's fine. Like, whatever. But I, 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 it, sounds, it sounds to me like all the offensive linemen love him already. Like, he seems to be doing pretty well with them. Now, I, just, sh- I encourage no, you to listen to, to that field, interview, Derek. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. And you walk away from this, and you tell me the same exact thing. You, you tell me that you, you think it's we're in great hands. I'm not saying we're in great hands. I, I didn't say that. Never, those words never came out of my mouth. No, but I mean, I, I just said, show me on the field. Yeah, your, your, whatever confidence that you're exuding right now for him right now. I mean. <laughs> You'll probably like, eh, yeah, I'm not quite sure about that guy. We already know about the inexperience. But, yeah, that's the – I wasn't a fan of Rayola as the hire, and I'm even less impressed with him. Easily the least – easily the, uh, you know, the least impressive coach I've ever heard speak with a Nebraska hat on. Easily. Easily. And, we, and I've heard Bob Diaco talk. Oh, Okay, next 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 position group. Uh, we're, we got to talk about. Uh, I guess it's me, and we're going to talk about quarterbacks here. Uh, quarterbacks. This is uh, something that everybody's looking forward to. I think a lot of people wanted to uh, see some quarterback competition, but Mark Whipple, he seemingly let it out of the bag that there's no quarterback competition. It is Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson took the first. Uh, reps at practice and he just made it sound like it was like a dumb decision to even ask like who would take those snaps it's like you know casey because, thompson because at the end of the day it probably is a dumb question like yeah he's the only he's the only quarterback with any experience yeah. any real experience he's the oldest he's the most senior quarterback he's the oldest i mean yeah it probably, it probably at the end of the day it probably is a dumb question and we all do want to see a quarterback competition yes do you, do you actually all, do, you, all, do you believe we, that you're going to see one this spring? Yeah, I, I, I think so, but I you don't think it's going to be liar. I do, I do. I think it'll be a competition. I, but but Casey Thompson has an extremely large leg up on it. It's it's his to lose. I mean, he has to screw up I mean, in a level. There's just, no co- quarterback competition unless he really sucks. I mean, any hope that I, you know, fans want to see somebody, a court, true quarterback? I, I, I disagree. I think if somebody. Exist. I think I think if one of the other quarterbacks can step up and play better, I think the competition will be there. But right now, I mean, it's it's Casey Thompson's to lose until until somebody else plays better, or until he sucks more than two. Well, it'd have to be until he sucks. But I mean, it's just like let I, I, I don't agree with that at all. I, I do not agree with that at all. I think I think if Chubba Purdy comes in here and is showing him up all all practice long, even if Casey Thompson's having good practices. If Chubba Purdy's coming here and showing him up every every practice, I think he has every chance to get in there. All right. Tyler, what do you think here? Well, so first of all, there was going to be a number one quarterback on the depth chart. 
There, there has always been a number one. Now, you go back to like the Adrian Martinez, Luke McCaffrey battle. Like there was probably a number one quarterback on the depth chart in the coach's room the whole time. Like it may have changed a couple times. There was always a number one. Then you talk about maybe the Adrian Martinez, uh, Tristan Jebbia competition. That was probably a lot more true competition where literally probably that flip-flop. But I promise you, every single day, there was a number one quarterback on that roster. To me, what he confirmed is something that I expected, is that Casey Thompson is a really good quarterback and probably is going to be the best quarterback on this roster, and he took the first snaps. Now, will there be a true competition? I think that there will be a tighter race. But what Nebraska needs to figure out before we can even get into that race is who is that race with? Because the scenario that there is going to be a four quarterback competition is not a it's no. not a thing. Is there going to be a three quarterback competition? No, probably I, not. I don't. I, I don't think there is now. I really don't. You, I, I think the competition is between the two transfer quarterbacks. You might be right. I still I still haven't given a Logan Smith, but the, to me, spring ball. What spring ball is about is who Dude, they didn't trust. They they didn't trust Smothers to throw the ball last That's year fine. when he played against Iowa. He ran the ball twenty five times because they didn't want to well, throw we'll see what, it. We'll, well, Scott Frost talked about you know uh, when he went to work with second string and the uh, other younger players. Logan Smothers was part of. Those players that yes. he took Which over. he's still so, a young player, so it's understandable. And Chubba Purdy, if you listen to the comment, Purdy, he was nicked yeah. up, so he didn't really even practice the first practice. He took very limited snaps in general, so who knows what's going on there. I just, I, I think that the battle this spring is, okay, it, it is, I do not expect them to announce Casey Thompson the starter at the end of spring. What I, what I really, really hope they iron out is going into the fall, who are the two quarterbacks? And and I fully expect Casey Thompson to win this job. I, if I had to bet any sort of money, I, I would bet with shitty odds that Casey Thompson is game week one starter. Because I think he is a guy. I think I have liked what I've seen from him from leadership. I think he's a talented individual. He was a high recruit out of high school. He played pretty well at Texas. I mean, there was a clip I saw on YouTube of him making some like acrobatic throws. He looks like a really good quarterback. I am hyped up on him. Um, I, I And I expect him to be the starter. So, like, people outrage that there isn't a quarterback competition. Like, I I just, it, it baffles me. Like, it just absolutely baffles me. Would, is it better to have a quarterback competition or have a good starter? Like, I mean... Do you think that do you think that the Patriots all those years? Why like, do you have to separate the two? It, Can't you have both? It, it, do you think the Patriots all those years with Tom Brady were like, God, if only we had a quarterback competition? Why why isn't anyone pushing Tom Brady? Like, I I mean, like let's let's if he's a good quarterback, let's be. That's kind of, are you anointing Casey Thompson, Tom Brady he's already? Tom Brady, damn it, he's gonna be the bet. He's the goat. Hey Tyler, can I ask you a question? A serious question. You, the Adrian Martinez lover. If Adrian Martinez was still at Nebraska, who would have a leg up in the uh, in the spring between him and Casey Thompson? It'd be a battle, Adrian. That that would be a true battle. And who do you think would win that battle, Adrian? Who who do you think, Derek? Adrian. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
Like he, he he was he was too much of a part of this offense, and he knows the offense way too much to be taking him out of it. I I just don't think I, I don't think Casey Thompson can learn in one off season what Adrian Martinez learned over yeah. four years. I was just curious. Yeah. I, it'd be tough. It'd that be would tough. that would be my. Opinion. I mean, I think it really depends. I. Yeah, I I really think it depends on who gets that like final vote. Honestly, if that scenario, like, is is it Whipple's decision or is it Frost's? Yeah, I I, I really think that's how, and I think that they would both be excellent options. I I just. Again, I think the quarterback competition that's really going to be fascinating this spring. I, is, I think the I think the, I'm not sleeping. On I think the real question the real question is where would Adrian Martinez be if he had had a good quarterbacks coach like Mark Whipple to begin with? Yeah. Or, or well, I mean, how how would the offense have changed? And you know, you didn't have to rely on Ad, Adrian Martinez to run twenty times a and game. And he was you know? so beat up so much yeah. of his career. I mean. Let him let him go through a full season without being injured and you know battered. You know, ha- six games into the season, you know. Well, he, he would still he would still have to figure out how to play a two minute drive, though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, you're I right think there. it's easier to yeah, you're right, but it's easier to play when you're healthy, you know. But I, again, I think that ultimately, like I said, the, the it is the most fascinating singular thing to me is who is good. I, I know that Derek, do you think it's Chuba? Maybe you're right. I I'm not ruling out Logan as that number two guy. I think it is that to me. It, I'm so intrigued I, I, and I, I'm hoping the spring game, like I want to see a little bit of Casey Thompson, but I want to see a lot of Chuba versus Logan. I just, I just, I can't see a scenario where you even bring Chuba in. If there's a legit shot that Logan Smothers is in that race. I think they wanted, yes, to, bring, yes, no. I think they wanted to have five quarterbacks so, on this roster. So Nebraska recently, uh, uh, we, we got a commit from the guy from Massachusetts, a quarterback. He's kind of a dual threat guy, you know, Watson. smaller guy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we have him, and he's kind of like a dual threat guy, right? And so when... Mark Whipple, when he came to Nebraska, I mean, I think a lot of people, including me, just thought that was like, okay, well, we're going to be a pass first, run second type of team, right? And so a lot of people thought that Logan Smothers was like, well, shit, he's not going to fit in this offense. He's going to transfer, but he's stuck around. And now that we have this guy, this kid from Massachusetts, Watson, as a dual threat, I mean, good candidate. I mean, good quarterback. And but he doesn't seem to fit like what you would think that what Whipple would want to run right offensively, and so it kind of makes you think. It's like, does Logan Smothers really have a fit in this offense? If Watson, if they're making offers for Watson, trying to bring him, get getting in to come in, well, why not Logan Smothers? Why does he not have a shot? Because by all accounts, Watson's got a pretty decent arm. I guess. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I, I, their their high school highlights don't look much different, do they? It's just funny because, like, even Tyler made a comment last year when he went to that open practice in the spring that Logan Smothers just did not have a good arm. Well, no, I think that's. I think that. No, you did say that. I think maybe that's not the exact words, but 
you said he was clearly not a not a good thrower compared to the other quarterbacks. I I think you're remembering. I think that was a lot of people's opinions. I think my take was that I did not notice a difference with Logan Smothers and Harburg. I think that was my my take was that I think that the media, a lot of fans, made a big deal about how Smothers was clearly not as good as Harburg, and I don't think there was a gap. I I, I will say this. I I don't know how it shakes out. I do. I I think that Logan Smothers is very much in this race, but I but I ultimately the way I expect this to play out is Casey Thompson will be week one starter and he will have a very tight leash because I think we have two very capable backups. The question is, who's the better of the two? I I think we're in. If he's week one starter and he's not week twelve starter because and it's not because of injury, I think we're in trouble. I think we've lost some games we probably shouldn't have lost. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to be talking about quarterbacks a lot this spring. So let's get to this last uh, topic here for improvements to see in spring. And, Derek, you have running back rotation. Why? Yeah, absolutely, because we were rotating to running backs entirely too much last year. Some of it had to do with injury. I understand that. Uh, but we had so many running backs playing. And look, most of them are coming back this year. We got Ramirez Johnson, Jacques Yant, Gabe Irvin. Uh, you got a couple of, uh, oh, Marquis Step. So I forget about him, even though everybody else seems to have forgotten about him because I don't think he's going to play anymore. Uh, you got Anthony Grant coming in, a Juco player. Uh, and then you got, also got the incoming guys of A.J. Allen and Emmett Johnson. That, there's, there's talent in this room, but – we don't need to see six guys running the ball. Give me two, two or three guys who can run the ball. I don't need to see six. No, yeah, that, that's that's completely. And, fair. I, and, I, and I, th- I, I think in the spring is a good time to figure that out. I want I, what I want to see is by the time we get to fall, we're trying to figure out between two and three guys who's who's my starter is. Not all six. It sounds like you know between you know Whipple and Applewhite talking, you know, and it it seems like. You almost need to get used to playing like three three running backs. That's fine. Year. Give me three. That's fine. Three, I'm maybe fine four. With three. I mean, I, I think four is a bit much. Six is definitely too much. Like, and we had way too much last year. I, I don't think anybody Tyler is going to try and argue argue against me, but we just had too many guys getting their hands on the ball. Marquis Step. I I, I don't. I, I feel bad for the guy because he transferred here and wanted to play. And he played for the first couple of games and just kind of disappeared to the last game. And I, what, whatever it is, what it is, but he obviously wasn't doing something right. Well, if there's any hope that you're clinging on to having like a single bell cow, I don't think it's. I, I'm not looking for a single happen. bell cow. I'm not looking for a single bell cow. I just don't want to hear six different running backs throughout the year. Give well, last year was an anomaly. I mean that. I don't think any football program runs but it, but their But it really wasn't. Like, that's, the way, that's the way it's been for the last couple of years. The only year we've had a consistent No, you know, it hasn't. Back. Oh, yeah, it hasn't. No, Nebraska? It hasn't. Sure it has. No, the no. only year we had a consistent running back was with a Zigbo. And even that year we had three or four guys running. So, so let, let's, let's talk about what happened last year. So last year, Derek, you were 100% correct in the first three or four games, they had no idea what they were doing at running back. They had Gabe Irvin, they had Ramir Johnson, they had 
uh, Marquis Stepp in there. They had no clue what they were doing. They were trying guys out. But then they got into this thing. They finally seemed to figure it out where it was Ramir Johnson and Jockey's Yant was number two. And then all of a sudden, Jockey's Yant seemed to... For, for two games. They were aided because games, Urban was. was hurt too. Okay, that, Don't that, forget that, that. That helped a little bit. But they seemed to figure it out a little bit. And then Jockey's Yant kind of fell away and it was just Ramir Johnson. Okay, so Ramir Johnson for a good half of the season was the guy until he got injured. So... So, I, 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 Derek, I don't remember a situation that the first three or four games they were trying between four or five guys. I don't remember that ever happening. But what, what I will say is heading into this year, you're, I do agree with you. They do need to get a little bit more figured out this way. The problem is that is intriguing as hell because Jockey's Yant, to me, if he was the starter, I would not be surprised. He, is pro- he, is, he looks different than almost any running back I've seen in Nebraska. If he didn't see yeah, the field, he, he looks like a goddamn linebacker. Back if there. he doesn't see the field this fall, that also wouldn't shock me because I don't know what to make of him. Ramir Johnson, I'm really high on. AJ Allen, who's not here in the spring, I'm extremely bullish on him. You know, obviously they brought in Hunter Anthony. I mean, we we've seen what Frost has done with JUCOs. I, I just, I it's a Gabe Irvin looked okay when he played last year. How does he rehab Hunter Anthony, the offensive lineman? Oh, what the hell's the, the JUCO running back's name from New Mexico? Anthony, uh, Anthony Grant. Grant. I knew Anthony it had Grant. Anthony in there, but I, I just don't know. I just don't know where it's going to land. And, and I think that Derek, you are correct. They they do need to get to a point that says, okay, when AJ Allen comes into town, because I think he's going to make a run for it. Who are the other two or three guys? And and Marquis Step, like I said, I mean this guy, I'm not writing him off for dead, but I, I just. No, I'm not but either. A, but I, Applewhite, but, but, I, but I think after the spring, you need to have it narrowed down to two. I or agree. Three guys. I, I think, it, it, and I'm not saying don't give AJ Allen when he gets here, and Emmett Johnson for that for that matter. When they get here, I'm not saying they don't get a chance in the yeah, fall, but, but, but at least at least have it narrowed down to where. I, these are probably my starters. Yeah, it, it, but you don't have to narrow that down in spring, right, Derek? Absolutely. I, it's absurd to have a six-running-back six race come fall. And it damn sure needs so, to be so figured out So you think it needs to be narrowed game. down the spring? I think so. I think you, I think you need to I, – I agree with Derek. I, I don't know if you need to be – I don't think you need to know exactly what the rotation looks like and what it does. Last year, it seemed to me that literally – and not even in the fall – like, we never figured out until about three games in the season. Like, the oh, wait, Ramir Johnson is the best running back we have? Like, it, it t- seemed like so, we didn't figure that out. Jockey Zian's a different exception. Like, I put him in a different bucket because he may have got early playing time if he had gotten into fall camp in shape and all this, which is kind of the reason why I'm a little skeptical of that he's all of a sudden turned this mythical corner and got it all figured out and not going to trip on his own feet on the one-yard I mean, line and, like... I mean, I mean, yes. I, I, at the end of the spring, I think I think you need to know who your go-to guy is going to be a little bit. Like, obviously, you're still going to expect, expect uh, Gabe Irvin to get a little bit of a shot in the fall, and you're going to expect uh, AJ Allen but, and uh, maybe maybe. Yeah, see, Derek, you're starting I, to convince me of Justin's thing because, like, I just think about that. Gabe Irvin, you're not going to get a full look at. So, really, what you're saying is you have uh, Anthony Grant, Marquis Step, Jockey Yant, Ramir Johnson. Well, one of those guys isn't going to be the guy. So you really, maybe two of those guys you filter out, but then you're going to add Gabe Irvin really into the mix, back into the mix. You're going to add in the two freshmen. 
probably. But you can still have a pretty general general idea of what you're going to do at running back. Much more than we did last year. So I'm, I'm going to say this here. Because I don't think you, especially at the skill positions, with this new offense that's going to be instilled. I mean, they're still trying to put this offense into place. Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks. You can't count anybody out after the spring. You can't close it out because everything is a work in process. I'm not and, saying you close it out, but you should no. have at least a pretty damn good idea of who the hell your best running back is. I, I, I don't know if it's essential that you need to know that at the end of spring. You can have an idea, but I don't... I. I I just think with uh, everything that's being put into place, and I'm trying to burp here, trying to do it burp silently. I don't know if I can. So, but Justin, while you're trying to burp but, silently, I'm, I'm just going to say so when you look at Nebraska under the Scott Frost regime, like you say, okay, what have been the downfall? Special teams, we obviously have beat to death. Offensive line has been roughly pretty bad. Running back is right there. Running back's been really bad. And we've really got to bridge it. We can't. We can't be dog shit at running back. And I think we've got the bodies to do it. And I think that some of this has been self-inflicted. I think to Derek's point, uh, us not identifying the talent that we have and giving them a shot, whether that be a... Like, if the coaches went out there and said, I want a four-person rotation, Derek may not agree with it. But at least I would understand that they had a vision. This is what it's going to fucking look like. And and the problem with Ryan Help is I don't think that he ever got a good handle of this is what my running back rotation looked like. And, and maybe not his whole tenure, but in 2021, week one, he had no clue what he was going to do at running back. Yeah. And you have to have a clue. And I think that that process starts in the fall, in the spring. Like, I think you have to start visualizing. And maybe in the back of Applewhite's head is when A.J. Allen gets into the town, and when Gabe Urban gets healthy, this is going to change. But if I had to start tomorrow, if, if at the end of the spring we had to play a football game, this is what my running back. Well, of course, you was. have an idea on how how that's going to look. But I mean, it's it's going to change, and there's going to be a there's probably going to be a little bit more changes on offense between the spring and the fall because all these offensive guys, Scott Frost and Mark Whipple and. Uh, what Mickey Joseph is, what what they're all putting together is so brand new. I mean, they're bringing a lot of ingredients, and they may not know what that exact recipe is going to look like. You know, I mean, they know what they want to present. They they know what they want to make, but the, the ingredients are going to change a little bit. And, you know, as, as long as all these guys are putting in efforts, I don't think it's essential that you narrow it down to – you know, three guys in the spring. In fall, yes. In fall, yes. By the time we start off the season, I, I'm, I'm with you there. But, but. but I, th- I, I don't know. I think you need to have at least a pretty good idea of where you're going to start in the fall. By the end of fall, I think you definitely have to have ne- ne- minimize to whatever your rotation is going to be. If you want well, to be they two, probably already have an idea two, two, on what it looks like three, right now. Three. Because they already had an idea on who was going to be the quarterback, the number one quarterback, Casey Thompson. I mean... They already knew that. So, I mean, I'm sure that they know who their go-to guy right now is. You know, no one asked the question, who took the first snap at running back? I would have asked that. It was Ramirez Johnson, right? I mean, like, honestly, like I said. Probably. To, it, it might, it, honestly, heading into the spring, like, 
all due respect to Step, all and uh, Anthony Grant. To me, it's Ramir Johnson's job to lose, and the guy that can take it is Jacquezian. Like, that's where I see it. And then A.J. Allen and Gabe Irving getting healthy is a wrinkle, but to me, that's the way I see this running back room. It's Ramirez Johnson, and you know who could go steal it? It's Jockey Like, and, and and maybe he won't, and maybe he'll be fourth string. Maybe Marquis Step will be ahead of him. Wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me a bit. But he's the only guy that has the athletic ability, I think, to take Ramirez Johnson's job in, in the spring. All right. All right, we're going a little long. I just want to throw out one thing here before uh, we log off for the night. But I just got to give kudos to Mickey Joseph. You know, Mickey Joseph was everybody's favorite coach, uh, everybody's favorite new coaching hire of the season. But listening to him speak at Media Day, I mean, that dude is just awesome, right? I mean, I can't believe for one second that you loved listening to him. Why? I don't. You know what? Because he talked for five minutes about players loving football, and I cannot believe that did not drive you nuts. Well, I mean, he was asked. He was asked all those questions, like, "How how uh, do you know if he a guy brought, loves he brought football?" Up, he brought up he brought up players loving football. Yeah. He brought that up, and then the questions started coming in on that. All right, but when you get past all that, and he gets to talk and be his real self, I mean, if, if and, Scott Frost does not work <laughs> out. I hope Mickey Joseph is made the new head coach. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay, Why? Moving on. You're going to really put a guy in with... He's never been a coordinator. He's never been a head Don't coach. Don't care. Don't care. That guy loves dumbest football. Thing I've ever heard. That guy loves football. And the first, th- the first thing that came out of his mouth is, 25 minutes? I got stuff to do. It's busy. He's got shit to do. They must have told him he was going to be there for 25 minutes, and he did not appreciate that. I don't care. Everything that I heard from Mickey Joseph, I absolutely love. That's how a, a I, I coach, love the guy, too. I just, I like that's Mickey how a coach as, should I speak. like Mickey Joseph. As, as much as Justin hates all the cliche talk, when he started talking about players loving football, I couldn't believe Justin didn't just cringe. I tell you what, he never said high-character high kids with, that love football. So, I mean, okay. <laughs> he kept that part out. But on that note... <laughs> All right, so I guess you guys are not you guys do not want to see Mickey Joseph ever coach Nebraska football. I hope he's here. I hope saying. he's here for a decade. And I and I do too. You know, and that, you don't want to see him be the head coach for Nebraska football ever. No, because I hope Scott Frost is our head coach in ten right, years. And I hope and Scott Frost is younger. Mickey Joseph has a hard time catching Scott Frost in that race. Hey, hey. who plays? <laughs> if they make a movie on Mickey Joseph, who plays Mickey Joseph? There's only one Mickey Joseph. Dave Chappelle, right? Dave Chappelle would play Mickey Joseph if they made a movie. You know what? Is Mickey Joseph that funny? You know, you know what's funny about this? Uh, Just a random note. Did did you guys hear? Did Sean Beckton talk? I didn't think. I didn't. I I didn't see all the coaches. I really. He did not talk. And 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 again, not that. And I know obviously this is the first day, but Sean Beckton, like. I, don't sleep on him. He's as good an assistant coach as we have. So when, when you start talking about the, the heir apparent to Mark Whipple, uh, Mickey Joseph has competition with Sean Becton in my book. Does he? I, okay. I like Becton. Yeah. Good dude. Good dude. I, th- I think Donovan Rayola gets a job. <laughs> and that's why nobody takes your opinion seriously, <laughs> because you suck at life. I mean, with takes like that. Hey. 
I like getting to I, you. I that's hope, what, I that's hope. what does. That's what it takes to if do it. Rayola just crushes it this fall. I hope he does. I, I hope, hope he, he does. does. Too. I know you no, do. you don't. You absolutely do not. You want to see him fail miserably so they'll fire Frost. Yeah, that's a little bit true. No, that's not true. No, that's absolutely true. And I got text messages to prove that. I, I could go back for months on on end about how much you want Frost fired. Well, yeah, and you, I've, and you I've, would ne- do I've never shied away from that. Yeah, that's true. But I don't want it to you, fail because Donovan Rayola sucks. <laughs> yeah, you do. You, you want an excuse. No. But anyway, let's get out of here on that negative. Right, uh, shoot, I forgot how to do these outros. Uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter. At Husker Cuscast, like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, it's a good day.